0: My offering affirms my commitment and my willingness to be an inlet and an outlet for the abundant good and energy of Divine Spirit. Please enjoy the latest podcast from the Trinity Center for Spiritual Living.
1: She holds the honor of our affirmation card this week, and she said, if you knew your potential to feel good, you would ask no one to be so different that you can feel good. You would free yourself of all that cumbersome impossibility of needing to control the world or control your mate or control your child. You are the only one who creates your reality. For no one else can think for you. No one else can do it. It is only you. Every bit of it. Love that quote. Will you turn off this side of the air? Thank you. Now, the only way... To transform the world, is by transforming your consciousness. And once you've got that, we really strongly advise you to embrace the awareness that once you have transformed your world, you have created nirvana, heaven on earth, a place where all are happy, well-fed, loved, healthy, and abundant, there is always going to be at least one who says it's too cold, it's too hot. Mana, again, can't you fix something else? No one may transform the world by attempting to transform the world via those who populate the planet. What you may do, and what all may do, is practice spiritual principle. So the practice of spiritual principle transforms into a way of being, a second nature active expression Of divine energy thriving as you. So the spiritual principle is no longer something you practice. It becomes something you are. A thriving demonstration of the activity of spiritual principle fulfilling itself within the physical realm. The more you release even just a whisper of attempting to control the external the energy of the external, the more able to embrace your divinity to thrive, centered in, in that internal and eternal divinity, a state of consciousness with only one logical outcome, happiness and contentment. It is the happy and content energy of your consciousness which resonates within your soul, and that's what attracts a multitude of equally happy and content individuals and experiences that accelerate and expand the feelings of happiness and contentment to greater degrees. In the book, Living Deeply, the authors wrote, at some point in the transformative process, you recognize there's no difference between who you are in the pew or on the Aikido mat." and who you are in the grocery store on the freeway or at your office. The same mindful attention brought to the placement of your legs in a yoga pose can be brought to the challenging conversation with your child. The same peace and joy brought to a beloved community or of fellow practitioners can be brought to a PTA meeting. The same reverence that arises from spending days in the wilderness on a vision quest can be brought to the clouds in the sky and spindly trees in the parking lot. Life is your opportunity to practice mindfulness. So for the record, we agree with them, only we would add that life is your opportunity to practice a mindfulness of your own innate divinity. When an individual looks to someone else or something else to make them happy, they are not being mindful Of their own divinity. Whether they realize it or not. They are seeking a power outside of themselves. To make their own self feel better. Just feel better. And no such power exists. Outside of the individual consciousness. How you feel, think, speak, respond and react. Is a second nature activity. Of your way of being. An activity of energy. Which may be reconditioned trained, molded to express any way you choose. When your life's journey unfolds through this laser-sharp focus of allowing your practice of principle to be a second nature activity of your triune existence, you will no longer be practicing spiritual principle, you will be living as spiritual principle in alignment with Source. Keep in the forefront of your consciousness. You are a complete and perfect individual expression of all that God is, all that you know God to be, all that you feel God to be. Never forget how powerful you are. Never forget that you came here for one purpose and one purpose only. And that is to evolve that essence, that quality of you that allows you to be the master creator within your experience. You have a divine birthright. To live this truth. And you will, too, as you condition the energy of your consciousness to be mindful of all of life as practice. And practice is all of life, which is the title of our lesson this morning. Life is practice, practice is life. So we have a little parable. It's about this fellow. He's the boss at a smaller company, right? And he was complaining during a staff meeting that people just didn't respect him enough. He was very frustrated with that. And so he decided that he was going to change the minds of the people in the office. He was going to shift the attitude. So he came in the next day after that, after that staff meeting with a sign that's read, I'm the boss. And he stuck it up on his office door. Well, one of the employees, apparently not in agreement with him, stuck a post-it note under his sign. And this, the post-it note read, your wife called, she wants her sign back. <laughs> and the moral is, when an individual focuses on attempting to change what other thinks, what others think, believe, and feel, it is a focus of energy outside of their own consciousness. No power exists outside of your consciousness. The only power you can control is your own individual divinity. In Living Deeply, the authors interviewed a Yoruba priestess of the Yoruba theology on the importance of spiritual practice. Now, the Yoruba theology is comprised of traditional religious and spiritual concepts and it's practiced widely by the, by the, I can't get this out today, Yoruba people in Nigeria, and the Yoruba priestess, Lusa Tesh, said. One of the things that I see, as fundamental to personal empowerment, is coming out of feeling like I'm a victim of my own life, and in. Into, I am working with nature, community, and spirit to design and shape our lives. You know, you go from a me to an us. You go from a victim to an actor or initiator. You go from feeling devalued to feeling what's all, feeling what's already around you. And that's really what we want, isn't it? To know that we're always connected. And so as you bring your transformative practice more and more into your life, So the practice becomes who you are, not something you do. You begin to organically align with all the energy that is prevalent throughout our journey. You begin being that proactive creator within your experience. You become able to use conscious intention to propel yourself forward. In this proactive energy of consciousness, life is yours to give meaning to. You get to actually choose the story you want to create and tell. You get to choose the story you want to create and tell. Now that's some powerful stuff. Because you can go around telling the story, well, you know, this occurred for me and that occurred for me, and I'm this person's at fault. They did me wrong here and there. What are we doing in that? We're giving our power away. Or you can say, you know what? Yeah, I've had a few bumps along the way. Things haven't always been great. But I know my connectedness. I feel the power of Source that I am. And I recognize the power of Source within all things and all people at all times. So I know I can shift this. I know I can transform this. It is my intention. My intention. To work as spiritual principle in physical form. Dr. Holmes wrote just what is meant by your word. It means your conscious intention, your conscious direction, your conscious faith and acceptance that because of what you are doing, the power of spirit will flow through your word in the direction you give it. This is spiritual practice. Providing your conscious intention to direct the energy of source via your thought, mental images, actions, and words through just an awareness, an immense knowing that your energy is outpicturing now as a result of your second nature activity, proactively creating your journey. Understand something. We are not merely saying this allows you to demonstrate your good, your vision, are your purpose. It is saying you are living, being expressing as your good, your vision, and your purpose. Attempting to demonstrate something within your journey, even a shift in consciousness, at times, just at times, mind you, can establish a vibration of this is something that's going to happen in the future. In other words, this is something I am not now or don't have, and we live in a now universe. We operate in a now energy. That energy, that thought, that vibration can be a fallback position. So we want you to practice, practice, practice. So your second nature awareness is this something that is is your good, it is your vision, it is your purpose actualizing in the now. That's a huge difference. And the instant an individual stops using spiritual principle to get what they want and pivots into practicing spiritual principle to be all that they are. That's the instant their consciousness activates as an unfiltered and unlimited expression of presence. So Elizabeth Kubler-Ross said something. She's Said something quite wonderful she said there's no need to go to india or anywhere else to find peace you will find that deep place of silence right in your room your garden or even your bathtub and so this is the point of this exercise that we're doing this month of living deeply why we're going over this book now i i strongly recommend if you want to get the book and follow along, we're doing three Sundays on Living Deeply. It is available on Amazon. It is via Kindle and hardback. We're not going to carry it because, between you and I, it, it, it's not an exciting read. <laughs> um, we won't. We won't tell the authors. But what I was just enamored by was all the spiritual masters they interviewed and the diversity of. Spirit, religious and spiritual traditions that, that are in the book. So what we find is that every moment of the journey has the opportunity for us to live deeply. And that's what all of these spiritual masters have said. So we don't have to go and seek it. We want to set the intention to be it, to be the sacred in the now, to know that no matter what, whatever is going on, Even when I'm on 285, I'm having a sacred experience. Mmm. Mmm. Yeah. So, and that's the opportunity, isn't it? As opposed to challenge. That's the opportunity. Raymond Charles Barker used to say, you know, if I was to drop my $50 bill, or I think he said $20 bill, if I was to drop my... $20 bill in the middle of Times Square on a busy Friday afternoon, I could walk around the block, come back, and it would still be there. Why? Because it was mine. Because I knew it was mine. And he used that as an example to say you can have that sacred experience just through the knowing that it's yours to have. In the middle of Times Square. In the middle of 285 traffic. In the middle of having a serious conversation with the doctor, the partner, the spouse. You embrace the knowing. You embrace the knowing. And so what does that look like? It Sometimes it really does look like having that inner conversation with yourself silently. While other stuff is going on around you. Sometimes while people are even speaking to you. And saying, here and now, I know and see and accept all that is before me, all that is within me, as the energy of the divine aligning with the energy that I am. Here now, I know myself only as a loving and creative expression of source. And depending on, if somebody's in front of you and you're... You're having to tell yourself that over and over again. Smile. And when your gums dried out, keep, keep doing it. <laughs> because sometimes, even though you're affirming that, and you're training yourself to act and live that way. Guess what? There are going to be those around you that are not training themselves. There are going to be those around you that if you say to them, you know, I, I understand. But I still see you as a loving, vibrant expression of the divine. They might use a different pink song to react to you. (laughs) Zig Ziglar said, it's not what you've got. It's what you use that makes the difference. So you can begin anywhere you are right now in this moment no matter what training you've had or have not had to begin to begin this process of being mindful, to begin this process of living deeply. And that simply requires you to say, okay, right now, the only thing I'm going to do is breathe. Breathe in. Breathe out. Breathe in. Breathe out. And I might add to that With every breath in, pure love, pure, pure joy, pure God. With every breath out, all else. So much so that as you focus on the breath and the pure energy and the pure light of the divine coming in, you reach this state of blissfulness and mindfulness that that's all that's remaining within the aura of your being. And what you find is all of the sudden, You're no longer practicing the principles that govern our lives. You're being a representation, an individualization of the principles that govern our lives. I want to share something with you from Esther Hicks again. She said, anything that you give your attention to will become your truth. The law of attraction says that it must, your life and everyone else's too, is but a reflection of the pre- predominance of your thoughts. There is no exception to this. So for the purpose of our meeting with you today, we're, we're going to translate this as stop creating small. Stop creating small. Start, stop creating as someone attempting to change all that stuff out there and allow the predominance of your thought to be focused on creating As the master creator you came to life to be. Create from the awareness of your divinity. From an understanding that you are an an expression of the allness of source. Create from the knowing your purpose is to effortlessly evolve a journey of peace of mind. Of outlandish happiness, joy, love, wealth, and success. Look, everyone can dream big. Everyone can dream big. But what keeps some from achieving big is that they believe they wake up small. When in reality, they only woke up to the predominance of their thought. Thought that's been unconditioned. Energy that's been untrained. So create big. Create big. I was going to say big glee, but I won't. So, every so often, I, I, there's a letter I like to share. And I like for it to, to share it in around Easter time. and Because it's, it's really a powerful letter. And of course, we had our Easter service. And this whole month is about transformation and, and living your power, living your truth. But this particular letter is... Um, called A Letter from God. Now, I don't know who wrote the letter, but I'm, so I'm going to just assume that we'll say Source wrote the letter. We won't know how, because Source is not an individual. But here's the letter, and it's very important for our lesson today. My dear children, and believe me, that's all of you. I consider myself a very patient guy, I mean, look at the Grand Canyon. It took millions of years to get it right. And about evolution, boy, nothing is slower than designing that whole Darwin thing to take place cell by cell. I've been patient through your fashion, civilizations, wars, and schemes, and the countless ways you take me for granted until you get yourselves into big trouble again. I want to let you know about some of the things that are starting to tick me off. First, your religious rivalries are driving me up a wall. Let's get one thing straight. These are your religions, not mine. I'm the whole enchilada. I'm beyond them all. Every one of your religions claims there is only one of me, which, by the way, is absolutely true, but in the very next breath, Each religion claims it's my favorite one. And each claims its Bible was written personally by me and that all the other Bibles are man-made. Oh, me. How do I even begin to put a stop to such nonsense? Okay, listen up. I'm your father and mother, and I don't play favorites among my children Also, I hate to break it to you, but I don't write. My long hand is awful. And I'm more of a doer anyway. So all of your books, including those Bibles, were written by men and women. They were inspired, remarkable people, but they also made mistakes here and there. I made sure of that so you would never trust a written word more than your own living heart. You see, one human to me, even a bum on the street, is worth more than all the holy books in the world. That's just the kind of guy I am. My spirit is not a historical thing. It's alive right here, right now, as fresh as your next breath. Holy books and religious rites are sacred and powerful, but not more so than the least of you. They were only meant to steer you in the right direction. Not keep you arguing with each other. And certainly not to keep you from trusting your own personal connection with me. Which brings me to my next point about your, your nonsense. You act like I need you and your religions to stick up for me. Or win souls for my sake. Please don't do me any favors. I can stand quite well on my own. Thank you. I don't need you to defend me, and I don't need constant credit. I just want you to be good to each other. And another thing, I don't get all worked up over money or politics, so stop dragging my name into your dramas. For example, I swear to me I never threatened Oral Roberts. I never rode in any of the Roshnitsas Rolls Royces. I've never told Pat Robertson to run for president. And I've never had a conversation with Jim Baker, Jerry Falwell, or Jimmy Swaggart. Of course, come Judgment Day, I certainly intend to. (laughs) The thing is, I want you to stop thinking of religion as some sort of loyalty pledge to me. The true purpose of your religions is so that you can become More aware of me, not the other way around. Believe me, I know you already. I know what's in each of your hearts and I love you with no strings attached. So lighten up and and enjoy me. That's what religion is best for. What you seem to forget is how mysterious I am. You look at the petty differences in your scriptures and say, well, if this is true, then that can't be true. But instead of trying to figure out My paradox is an unfathomable nature, which, by the way, you never will. Why not open your hearts to the simple common threads in all religions? You know what I'm talking about. Love and respect everyone. Be kind, even when life is scary or confusing. Take courage and be of good cheer, for I am always with you. Learn how to be quiet so you can hear my still, small voice. I don't like to shout. Leave the world a better place by living your life with dignity and gracefulness, for you are my only child. Hold nothing back from life, for the parts of you that can die surely will, and the parts that can't won't. So don't worry, be happy. I saw that last line from Bobby McFerrin, but who do you think gave it to him anyway? Simple stuff. Why do you keep making it so complicated? It's like you're always looking for an excuse to be upset. And I'm very tired of being your main excuse. Do you think I care whether you call me Yahweh, Allah, Jehovah, Wakankata, father, mother, or even the void of nirvana? Do you think I care which of my special children you feel closest to? Jesus, Mary, Buddha, Muhammad, or any of the others? You can call me and my special ones, any name you choose, if only you would go about my business of loving one another as I love you. How can you keep neglecting something so simple? I'm not telling you to abandon your religions. Enjoy them, honor them, learn from them, just as you should enjoy, honor, and learn from your parents. But do you walk around telling everyone that your parents are better than yours? Your religion, like your parents, may always have the most special place in your heart. I don't mind that at all. Each religion is unique for a reason. But my special children, the ones that your religions revolve around, all live in the same place. My heart, and they get along perfectly, I assure you. Bless you. My blessed children of earth, the world has grown too small for your pervasive religious bigotries and confusion. The whole planet is connected by air travel, satellite dishes, cell phones, the internet, rock concerts, diseases, and mutual needs and concerns. Get with the program. If you really want to help, then commit yourselves to figuring out how to feed your hungry hungry clothe your naked, protect your abused, and shelter your poor. And just as importantly, make your own everyday life a shining example of kindness and good humor. I have given you all the resources you need. If only you abandon your fear of each other and begin living, loving, and laughing together. And finally, my children everywhere, When you think of the life of Jesus and the fearlessness with which he chose to live and die as I love him, so I love each of you. I'm not really ticked off. I just wanted to grab your attention because I hate to see you suffer. But I gave you free will. I just want you to be happy. Always trust in me. You're one and only God anybody that wants a copy of that for you to post on your Facebook let me know oh my goodness that was a lot of guesses okay so, so look again I don't know Where that came from, I don't recall. But at the end of the day, the message is very in line with what we're talking about today. And that message is stop looking externally for something to make you feel better. Stop looking externally for a power that's greater than you are because no such power exists. The power that you are, the power that allows you to transform your journey is the power that resides within you at all times. Remember what Esther Hicks said. It's the predominance of your thought where is that thought right and if your focus if the primary focus of your thought is on today I'm going to get up in the morning and actually set my intention and live my intention to be the proactive master creator then guess what the universe has no choice but to align with that and your every breath your every word your every action the universe is going to align with and the universe and people are going to look at you and go wow they got a lot going on. They demonstrate a lot. They demonstrate a whole lot. I don't like them. And that's okay. You don't need them to like you. You need only to love the energy that you are. And allow that to be the main focus of your intention. The moment you say, so-and-so has made me unhappy... Is the moment you've given your power away. And I'm going to tell you something right now. I want you to put into practice. Something that you have. You have many spiritual gifts. But among them. One of the most powerful ones. Is the gift of goodbye. (coughs) Goodbye to someone else. that, That I believe or feel. Can make me happy. Goodbye to anyone that thinks. I'm required to make them happy. Goodbye to my need. To do the work of my peers. Goodbye to any peer that thinks I need to do their work. That is profound living and spiritual principle. That is a profound spiritual gift. That once you master it. Once you master it. That gift of saying goodbye. Then guess what? Your entire life is going to be another practicing another spiritual gift. And that is the gift of hello. Hello to my good. Hello to a better experience. Look. Breathe in. Breathe out. Breathe in. Breathe out. Feel the light, the love, the energy of the divine. Surrounding you and fulfilling you. Feel it coursing throughout your veins. Feel it filling every cell of your body. Breathe out anything unlike that. Breathe out any thought unlike that. Breathe out any feeling unlike that. Breathe out any ache or pain unlike that. Now you're practicing mindfulness. Now you're living as spiritual principle. Continue living this truth from this moment forward.
0: Namaste. Thank you again for selecting the Trinity Center for Spiritual Living podcast for your spiritual journey and for the expression of your generosity at TrinityCenterAtlanta.org forward slash donate.